Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Katherine Pierce, and I am the Poet Laureate for the State of Mississippi. Welcome to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, a podcast where poetry comes alive for listeners. Across the country and the world, poets are writing right now and creating vibrant, important poems that enlighten, entertain, challenge, and comfort. Some of these incredible poets are writing right here in Mississippi. Each episode of the Mississippi Poetry Podcast will feature a different poet with Mississippi connections. We'll hear a poem, chat a bit, and maybe learn a fun fact or two. I am so happy to have Joshua Wynn on the podcast with me today. Joshua Wynn is the author of Come Clean from University of Wisconsin Press, winner of the 2021 Felix Pollock Prize in Poetry, and the chapbook American Lookbat for My Mother from Bull City Press in 2021. He is a Vietnamese American writer, a collegiate national poetry slam champion, and a native Houstonian. He is a PhD student at the University of Mississippi, a bubble tea connoisseur, and loves a good pun. And he is also, I should add, the winner of this year's Mississippi Institute for Arts and Letters Poetry Award, which is a big honor also. So Joshua, thank you so much for talking poetry with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad that both of us got through our uh, power outages or internet outages before this podcast. <laughs> me too. Yeah, it almost didn't happen today. There was a little touch and go there, but yes, we, we worked through it. We fought it. <laughs> So I always like to start off with a non-poetry question because I like to get to know our poets as people and also because I'm curious about a lot of things. So here's my question for you. What is your least favorite vegetable? So this is going to be a hot take because recently I went to AWP and I I host, I co-hosted an Asian debut author reading and a lot of people like probably 80 people in the audience are a hundred and had, we had the same question approached to us. Really? And I said, I was like, I, this is like my time to, to say what I wanted to say off my chest. And I was like, I hate eggplant. I think I've never experienced a good cooked eggplant in anything, mm-hmm. even eggplant mm-hmm. Parmesan. And I got booed by 90% of the crowd. Everyone started booing me. Wow. <laughs> that is intense. That's a lot of feelings about eggplant. Two or three people came up to me afterwards. They were like, secretly, I feel the same way, but we were just going with the crowd at that point. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, it's like eggplant peer pressure. I, I mean, I am actually with you. I am, I'm kind of troubled by eggplant. It's usually slimy and it's got a weird texture. And yeah, I know. I, was, I, I know some people really like it, but it's, I am, I'm with you. So I would, I guess I'd be booed also, but you know, solid. It was like eating a rubbery, like, loogie or something. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm definitely not going to eat it again. Thank you for that. (laughs) Okay, so on that note, um, what are you going to be reading for us today? I'll be reading a a poem where I I adopted the rules from a a traditional Vietnamese form called the Lukbat. And I I wrote this poem because I want to think about one of the early rituals I remembered growing up in Houston. Um, So this is American Luke Bat for washing rice. 
pour water over the rice and shower the husks until you get murky liquid. Clean thoroughly by turning wrists quick in small circular motions. All the milk water will fall into the sink. Be careful. You best not drop one too many grains, a waste. Family meals don't come easy. Save all that you can. Don't withdraw from the table if all your food isn't in you. Or would you rather kneel on hardwood on rice? 15 belt whips on ice. Then you learn to make rice. I am your Maya. I love you, M. Now, do as I say. Empty the pot and try again with all your guts. Thank you. Could you share something about the writing of that poem? Something about what you were thinking about as you were writing it or a craft consideration or just anything you'd like to share about the writing of that one? Yeah, I I wanted to use the, so first off the Vietnamese form, the Luke Bat has a very like strict rhyme scheme where it's like a, it's a form of like six syllable and eight syllable lines and six syllable and eight syllable and repeats. And then there's a lot of internal rhyme. And uh, I wanted to use that little internal rhyme, that musicality to talk about childhood. Uh, most, most of my Luke bots, I talk about childhood or right from the perspective of a child. And I was thinking about washing rice as like a very common ritual that I witnessed and I do myself and how, you know, I wanted to have a poem that kind of makes love and like discipline at once. Um, I wanted the discipline to come through uh, wrapped up within the love itself to make it nuance. And, you know, I think because I think food writing can be romanticized often. Um, I think about like, Asian American food writing and how it is, you know, typically usually hundred percent love, but I wanted to show the nuance of it and like the, how, you know, something very simple has a bunch of um, structure and discipline. And there is like, you know, there is some type, there's some type of aggression behind it. And there's some like um, something unpleasant perhaps uh, behind a, a ritual. So that, that's what I was thinking about writing this. I love that approach to the formal consideration of the poem, like the way that you have kind of interwoven the content of the poem and the form of the poem, the discipline of the form with the, the subject matter that you're working with there. Um, I think some of my, my favorite formal poems are the ones where you can really kind of sense that organic connection between content and form. So mm-hmm. What's a piece of advice that you would give to other poets, to maybe poets who are already writing but want to continue to hone their craft, or to people who have maybe never written a poem before but want to give it a try and are kind of trying to think about where to start? I would say really, I mean, I think focus on the weirdness of your obsessions. I think because I think growing up as a writer, I was sometimes told to write certain topics or go a certain way or think a certain way. But then with my first book, I was like, I really personally enjoy the quotidian and like the domestic and the cleaning aspect of things. I love cleaning and feeling clean. Um, So I really like honed in on that obsession and it helped really like uh, 
write the through lines and like the most of the most of the poems of this book um and because i think in the end like if you want your work to stand out if you hone in on your weird obsessions your your weirdness it'll come off really original and very like cool and something that only you probably can think about so yes oh that's such great advice focus on the weirdness of your obsessions is i mean that's that's something that I talk to my own students about too. Cause yeah, no, you're exactly right. You have to write the thing that only you can write. And there is something that only you can write. And if you're trying to kind of water it down or dilute it or make it more palatable in some way, then it's not going to be the thing that only you can write. It's going to be the thing that a lot of people could write. So that's a great way to think about it. Thank yeah. The weirdness can be like the baseline and then you can add the tools of like adding form and constraint to it and all that, all that stuff. So Absolutely. And I like too, what you were saying about how you were kind of following your obsessions and then seeing the through line of the idea of clean and sort of how that plays into things. And that's something that I think is also really valuable to kind of trust ourselves to follow our obsessions. And then eventually we might see those obsessions start to cohere into something like a book or something like a chat book or some connected series of poems. But if we just trust our own obsessions, a lot of the time they'll lead us to that without us having to kind of dictate it to them. Yeah. And then you get like your weird obsession mixed with a weird form. And then it's like a weird medley of, of amazingness. <laughs> oh, weird medley of amazingness. That's what I want all my books to be. Like if I could just make every poem a weird medley of amazingness, I'd feel like I've done what I need to do. That's yeah. that's a really good goal. <laughs> I, need, I need just as a blurb from someone. In the back. Yes. The back oh, this book is a weird medley of amazingness. <laughs> kind of want to put it on my computer, like on my laptop, so I can see it as my goal for when I'm writing, make it a weird medley of amazingness. Thank you. So where finally could we find more of your work if we want to read some more by you? Uh, my website is joshua-win.com. Um, I had to use a hyphen because the non-hyphen one was taken. And yeah, of course. Uh, on social media, it's all the same. I'm at joshuawin03. All right. Great. And we'll include links to some of this on the supplement that we put out with the podcast too. So thank you so much, Joshua Wynn, for talking about poems and vegetables and (laughs) and weirdness with me today and for sharing your insights about poetry. And thank you all for listening to the Mississippi Poetry Podcast, where poetry comes alive.